Father Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this evening. You have started again with us today, and you will finish with us in Jesus' mighty name. Father, help us, Lord, to learn at your feet today in Jesus' mighty name. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. Father, I that I will be speaking to your people. Father, help me, Lord, to speak by the Spirit in Jesus' mighty name, that flesh will not have his way in the name of Jesus Christ. Help me, Lord Jesus. I submit my soul to you, my mind, my soul, my body, my might, everything. I submit it to you, Lord. Father, take over in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your anointing rest upon me and let your grace speak for today in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, sir. Yeah, I was um, last week for everybody. Yeah, I will assume your silence means that you, you were blessed. Praise God. Um, we just, I have, um, I want to do few, 10 minutes of a question and answer just, just for recap. Then um, uh, we will move on from there. Uh, I saw David Mary Bay last week, so I will come straight to David Mary Bay. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you, my brother? I'm fine, sir. Thank you. You want to give us a, a what you what you want to ask me quickly? Um, I can try. <laughs> I know. I just try. I'm not, I'm not telling you to give me full. Just, just, just try what you were able to pick. Okay. Um. So last week we were speaking about the new birth, and or we started speaking about the new birth and its realities. Yeah. And um. One of the major things we're seeing, first of all, was just uh, the importance of what happened to us when we gave our lives to Christ. Mm -hmm. And we're really focusing on the emphasis of how it is, uh, especially with this topic, is really focusing on our spirit, what happened to our spirit yes. and the position that our spirit yeah. has gotten by reason of the new birth. And yeah. you were differentiating between... Um, and someone who's not born again, that's, he's a dead man. He's not even he's not even in the realm of the spirit or counted in the realm mm -hmm. of the spirit, rather than uh, as comparing it with those of us who are born again, that yeah. our spirit are alive. And mm -hmm. then we're going into some of those um, benefits and giving some different examples of, of how um, we are raised and seated out. I remember also you talk about how we should not be fearing witches, they are dead in their spirit, so, and different um, other examples like that. And you also still emphasize that although, um, although as Christians we should grow in our souls and come into life in our souls, it's also mm -hmm. important to still remember and still realize the, um, the who we are in Christ, basically. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you very much. God bless you, sir. You have said a lot. I'm seeing, bro, any ajet ajetomobi. So, the fact that I'm seeing this name now, I just feel like calling you. So I'm going to call you, sir. All right. So what you did learn last week, sir? Uh, um, yes, like um, Brandy said, sir. Hmm. Um, Don't say the same thing he said, though. Yeah. <laughs> Just continue to Yeah, we you by the help of the Lord we're able to um help us understand the new birth and the um the authority that comes mm -hmm. with our spirit being quickened. 
Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. And um, just you say what I learned, and there's um, about um, the authority of a new believer. He has access to speaking in tongues, um, yeah. personal demons. Yeah. And um, according to that scripture, uh, drinking deadly poisoning, um, he said we should not be scared to cast out demons, but uh, mm. we trust God for that level. Um, so the it's the very serious work of raising Christ in the spirit in the spirit man of a man that which is the foundation for any other spiritual activities yeah. because relating to um, Pastor Ceci Paul's teaching uh, that was the first thing that happened when death happened to man. Yeah. And I think we also went in Romans where it says when a man confesses and believes in his heart that that's how the first that there's a place we have to confess with our mouth and believe, then our spirit is uh, quickened. So that's just what I would add to what Sir David was saying mm-hmm. um, so far. Thank you very much, sir. Whoa, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, let me look for one more person that will move on from there. Ah, uh, let me see. Is Ginny there? No, I'm going to come in. <laughs> I was I was here the whole time last week, but okay. um, yeah. the one thing that stood out to me was um, the little I was able to catch is when when you were talking about um, when you were talking about uh, all of us previous states. So regardless of whatever people were doing in their flesh on their body we all had a past which is being um being working according to the course of this world so because you didn't fornicate or because you didn't like do any much things with your body doesn't mean that you were not ruled by um you're not ruled by the spirit of the power of the air we all had we all had that dominion over us so um i think that's one thing that i took from from the last Oh, thank you very much. Well, you people really listen, though. I'm so encouraged. I'm really, really encouraged that people really took things away from Anybody still wants to contribute before I move on? This was voluntary. If you want to contribute something before I move on, please let me know quickly. Praise God. Okay. Yeah, if that's it, let's just move on from there. Um. I quickly want to recognize, I want us to really spend time on, just a little time on um, our position as a Christian first, that position of righteousness, praise God. Um, You know, we are talking about our spirit man. Uh, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, help my tongue in Jesus' name. We are talking about our position as, the position of our spirit man, which is the position of righteousness. And I was trying, I was explaining, by God's grace, explaining last week, that um, that that position that where what that's your spirit man actually puts us in a position of righteousness. Now the position of righteousness speaks of the position of um, authority in a sense. That authority that was given to a, that was given unto Jesus, a man can find access to that authority because the Bible says all authority. Jesus Christ says, "On said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." Now it's Jesus Christ that that authority was given to. But if we stand in that position of righteousness, we have access to that authority too. It's just like, um, for example, the way Papa Egin actually explained it, 
is that maybe a policeman is submitted by wearing the uniform, is showing that he's submitted to the commissioner of police. The commissioner of police is the one that controls all the police. But when the policeman is wearing uniform outside, it's not him that everybody is answer, answerable to. It's not that policeman that people are answerable to. People are answerable to the law. But it's the law that put the policeman there. Do you get what I'm saying? So the fact that when you're uniform and doing everything under the law, anything it tells us to do on the road, if it tells your car to stop, you have to stop because he's using the authority of the law. So the day the policeman stops wearing his uniform and does not obey the law anymore, he stops uh, being, uh, nobody has the right to listen to him again. Nobody should listen to him again. Do you get what I'm saying? So the fact that if the policeman is under the commissioner of police, if he tells a car to stop, the car will stop. If he arrests a man, the man has to follow him. What, why that? Because he's, he has the authority under the law to actually arrest people. The same thing in Jesus Christ. That our position actually gives us access to the authority that is in Jesus, that authority in a sense, that is in Jesus Christ. Do you get what I'm saying? So if a, a demon should listen to Jesus. So in other words, if I come and a demon shows up, because I am under Jesus, and I'm in the position of that righteousness. Do you get what I'm saying? A demon should answer to me. I should be able to cast out that demon. Do you get what I'm saying? So you see that um, a new birth gives us access to that position in Jesus Christ. Praise God. But we should understand that it's just a position. A man still has to embody that righteousness. That's one thing that people don't end up, don't end up understanding. Yeah, because we are placed in the position of righteousness doesn't mean we have learned righteousness. And that balance has to be made in the body that because a man has been placed in the position of righteousness, he's still now, if, number one, you can't learn righteousness outside the position of righteousness. It's not possible. We were placed in that position by mercy so that we can come and learn the righteousness. Do you get what I'm saying? But many times people want to confess righteousness without learning what righteousness is. That's what that's what the problem that the body has um, the body has right now. There's no emphasis on learning righteousness. If there is emphasis on learning righteousness, this, the 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 people will not just stay in that position of righteousness and just claim the righteousness. Righteousness you can't just claim it. You can't just claim position. You can't just claim righteousness because you are standing in that position. You are put in that position to now learn righteousness. And we need to understand that. Praise God. But one of the benefits of that position of righteousness is that, number one, you were placed in that position without works. You were placed in that position without works. So if you are placed in that position without works, you understand the fact that you, now you are in that position, you can repent. Now, it's even somebody that is born again that can repent. We should understand that too. Is a man that is born again that can actually repent. The day we got born again, we believed. It's not even possible for a man to remember all the sins he has committed, but the, the day he's getting born again, he can't remember all the sins. So how will he repent of those sins? It's not possible for him to repent of those sins because he was not even, he cannot even remember them. So, so there are even some things he will do after a new birth that he does not consider as sin until the Lord reveals it to him. So how is he going to repent of that one? So a, a dead man is not capable of repentance. The only person that can repent is a quickened man. So a man has to believe to the quickened. Then immediately a man is quickened. One of the things that will start prompting the man is repentance. Start turning away from things you used to do. 
this there are these things you are used to do uh don't do it again uh, um i could remember a story of a smoker um the man used to smoke a lot before but immediately he got born again even him when the day he confessed just because lord and savior he didn't really take much of it he just have confessed it then he moved on then he got to him i wanted to light the cigarette and he realized that this he something was telling him not to smoke that cigarette again now that is now that spirit of holy the holy spirit teaching repentance after new birth the only reason why Holy Spirit can reach him from at that point is because now he has been quickened. So his spirit man can now begin to instruct that soul to actually let go of some habits. Before that spirit was dead. If that spirit, that dead spirit will teach him habits, ungodly habits. But when the spirit is quickened, that spirit will now start convicting a man of godly habits. So you will see that. Um, the Bible was talking about it. We send them the Holy Ghost, eh? the Holy Ghost who will convict them of their sin. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, he will, that's what Holy Ghost will now do. Once Holy Ghost comes inside a man, one of the first um, responsibility of the Holy Ghost is to begin to convict a man of sin. And that is where repentance starts from. Now, what does it mean to repent? I will not assume we all know it. So I will just explain again. So, in a book of Acts, let's quickly go to the book of Acts chapter one. We will see, chapter two, sorry. We will see the definition of repentance. How Peter taught repentance there. Acts chapter one, chapter two, sorry. From verse, um, is it chapter three or verse one? Okay, verse. Um, verse, uh-huh, verse 37, Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now, that's when Peter actually um, reached, started preaching the gospel to like 3,000 people that day when the, there was baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he said something, he said, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter, and said to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sin, and he shall receive the gift of the Lord. For the promise is unto you and your children, and with many other words, and the testified and exhort, saying, save yourself from the, out, from the untoward generation, that they might gladly receive his word, and were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them, 3,000 souls. And they continue steadfastly. You see, this is actually what repentance will produce. Praise God. Steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. Now, what, why did I emphasize on that apostles', uh, apostles doctrine? When a man repents, he's turning away from a lifestyle and committing to the fact that he will not actually live that life anymore. Is a commitment when a man is repent. Repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry, Jesus. You know, there's we are so used to saying, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. But for a man to re- truly, truly repent, there must be a commitment that follows repentance. Commitment not to go back. That's so repentance means to turn. And no man can turn without committing to another. Um, for him, okay, well, I'm facing this place now for me to actually. A turn, I have to 
visibly turn my eyes away from where I'm facing right now and turn to another place. That means my sight must be changing. What I'm doing will be changing. What I'm decisions I'm making will be changing. Praise God. That is actually what it means to be repenting. So when we are repenting, it's not that we are saying, God, I'm sorry, and by tomorrow, we will now end up still voluntarily doing that same thing. I understand the place of um, the place of struggle. I understand that place of struggle, but repentance is actually committing to not doing it again. Praise God. Committing to not doing it again. Praise God. So you see, that's what repentance is. So when a man gets born again, one of the things that Holy Ghost comes to preaching is that is that repentance thing. He has to repent. He has to be repenting. He has to be repenting. In fact, the entire journey of a Christian is the journey of repentance. Any day God opens your eyes of understanding, the next thing that follows is repentance. Praise God. So you see, that's, that's actually what repentance is. Praise God the Lord. So one of the benefits of that position of righteousness is that now we can repent. We can ask God, forgive me, and he will forgive us. Do you get what I'm saying? Someone that is not born again cannot say, God, forgive me. I will least say, God, forgive me. He doesn't even know he's committing sin. Praise God. He doesn't even know that he's committing sin. So he does not, he will not say, God, forgive But because now you are born again, a man cannot be convicted of that sin and cannot say, God, I'm sorry. Now, when a man says, I'm sorry, I will quickly want to explain this. You receive forgiveness by faith. When you say, I am sorry, you actually believe that you have been forgiven because the word says you are forgiven. When you ask for forgiveness, it's very clear. John chapter 1, he said, if we confess our sin, the blood of Jesus Christ is able to wash us for all sins. Praise God. So you understand the fact that once a man says, I am sorry to Jesus, and he's truly, truly, um, what would I say? Uh, truly, truly means that I am sorry. Jesus Christ will actually forgive him. He doesn't have to feel like he has been forgiven because many times condemnation will still be there, but it doesn't mean that Jesus has not forgiven the person. That's the that's one of the benefits of that position. Another benefit of that position is that that position makes us to get rid of condemnation because we did not pay for that position. We did not do anything to deserve that position. So we don't have the right to condemn ourselves in that position. As long as we are repenting and telling God we are sorry and we are turning away from those ways, condemnation should not take over our heart. So anytime condemnation takes over our heart, remember the position you are standing in Christ, which is that position of righteousness. And that position of righteousness, another benefit of it is that now that's the place where righteousness can actually be learned. Praise God. Is in that position that right, a man cannot learn righteousness in condemnation. It's not possible. He will never learn it. He will never feel like he deserves that thing. No matter how much it is revealed to him, he will never feel like he deserves to learn it. So condemnation will actually continue in him. So that's one of the benefits of actually that of that position in Christ. Now let's quickly go back to our book. Um, what does it mean to have experienced new birth? What does it mean to have experienced new birth? What does it mean to be born again? Now, we are looking at that John chapter 3, verse 1 to 6 again. We are looking at that John chapter 3, verse 1 to 6 again. Then, uh, record about Nicodemus, the Pharisee who was puzzled. This is the book. Please, let's go to page 12. Sorry. Page 12. I'll be reading this. Record about Nicodemus, the Pharisee who was puzzled, puzzled at this phrase when he heard it from Jesus' mouth. Then Jesus defined and explained what it means to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Praise God. He cannot see the kingdom. I, I, I mentioned, I, I got help us to emphasize on this last week. Uh, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. 
for a man to actually see the kingdom means that he can comprehend it, he can visualize it, he can actually see what it entails to actually be in the kingdom. Although he is not yet in the kingdom. Now, what does it mean to be in the kingdom or to enter the kingdom? To enter the kingdom is to experience the life of the kingdom. There's a lifestyle of the kingdom that a man must be that must a man must experience, a man must live out, a man must carry out. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, that lifestyle of the, of, of, of the kingdom, a man does not start carrying it out or living it out the day he got born again. The day he got born again, they want to start teaching him and making him see the lifestyle first and see the life. That's actually how, what, when a man gets born again, that's the first thing they want to teach him. They want to teach him how to see that life. Seeing that life, you have to comprehend it. The day he got born again, actually, he's not seeing it yet. They will now teach him. But he has capacity to now learn the life of the kingdom. Before we got born again, we don't have capacity to learn it. You cannot tell a man that is not born again that um, you should always, you should always, um, when people, when people, when don't envy. A man that is not born again cannot help himself but envy people. Even when he says that he does not envy, the envy will still be there. He, does, he cannot help it. Praise God. He cannot help it. So he can, a man that is not born again cannot see, like, he cannot see the lifestyle of the kingdom. When you tell him not to envy, he does not see the benefit of not envy. He does not see what, does it, what it means not to envy. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's what it means. So when a man is born again, he now has capacity to now see those lives of the kingdom and see the benefits and see what it means. That's that capacity because his spirit man has been quickened. When you talk about new birth, we are actually emphasizing on the spirit man. Praise God. So Jesus Christ, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Now, this new birth has nothing to do with our physical body or our soul. Praise God. I want us to understand this. Um, when you, new birth is solely and solely the spirit man. So many times when we are, we are quoting scriptures and we are, we are quoting a scripture in line of the spirit man, when we are talking about um, maybe a scripture that, that talks about, uh, uh, let, me, let me look at that scripture. He said, oh, you were once darkness, and now you are light. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. You were once darkness, and now you are light. You can apply that scripture to the spirit man and to be true, that now I am light. Because truly, truly, that spirit man is light. But if you want to apply that same scripture to the soul, you understand that that soul is not light yet. Because new birth did not really have much, did not have much effect. I, I remember when I got born again, there were only few things I stopped. I did not stop many things but I was convicted of many things. So that's the difference. When I got born again, I did not stop many things, but I was convicted of many things. And that's one thing that we should understand that we will be convicted of many things. It doesn't mean that we already have capacity to actually stop many things. Because the soul has been, uh, the soul, which is the realm of the mind and the heart, has been trained, praise God, has been trained to live a lifestyle. And the, you know, is that lifestyle is a nature in the soul. Praise God. That lifestyle has become a nature in the soul. It has become something that the soul will naturally respond to because he has been trained over time. Now, what the spirit man became in one day or in one, in one millisecond, the soul has to learn it for years. And that's what we need to understand. So when a man is born again and he's still struggling with some things, that's, that problem is not with his spirit. The problem is with the mind and the heart. As far as the spirit is concerned, the spirit is already holy. 
Praise God. The spirit is already holy. That spirit can walk with God. That spirit is seated with Christ in heavenly places. Praise God. Seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means heavenly places is actually where Christ is. Praise God. Reverend has taught us many times that heavenly places is making reference to the sanctuary. Praise God. He's seated with Christ in heavenly places. Sickness cannot get there. Demons cannot get there. You know, envy should not be able to get there. So you see that your spirit man cannot envy. It's not that he will not envy. He cannot envy. The spirit man cannot be jealous. So when you, a man is getting jealous, it's not a spirit man that has problem. It's his soul. Praise God. So we need to understand that, that our spirit man is actually holy. Our spirit man is seated with Christ. In fact, that spirit man is the spirit of Christ. Christ is that spirit man. The Bible says we are resurrected with Christ. Praise God. So when we are looking for Christ, check your spirit man. That spirit man is Christ. Now, let me quickly strike a balance. People will say that eh, now that that spirit man is Christ, he, he cannot, he cannot, yeah, if a man, I, then I can just continue sinning and then I won't die. I will just be, I will just make heaven. That thing is not true. Because one thing about new birth is that is actually, new birth is actually anchored on faith in the Lord, in, in the name of Jesus. And a man can continue his sin to a point where he will tell, he will, he will come to that point where he does not want Jesus Christ again. And once a man comes to that point where, and he doesn't get there in one day, is something that happens over time. Once a man gets to that point that he says he does not want Jesus Christ again, that spirit man can die again. But that's a topic for another day. So I just want us to I just want to place that balance that because I'm saying that that spirit man is Christ doesn't mean that if a man continues his sin, he will not die. He can die. Do you get what I'm saying? So we, so we need to be very very careful that we don't just get comfortable because hey, ah, since my spirit man is Christ, then I should just live my life the way I want. After all, Christ cannot sin. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in new creation reality and some things that we learned then, which is actually very wrong right now, is that we will commit sin. Instead of us to repent and tell God that I'm sorry, we will now start telling ourselves that eh, it's my spirit man that sin, it's not my body. I'm sorry, it's my body that sin, it's not my spirit. So in other words, it's not my, and I'm, my, I'm the, my the real me is the spirit. So in other words, I did not sin, it's my body that sin, so I don't need to repent. That is a lie. You know why? When you talk about man, when you say man, 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 even though the real per, the real person is the spirit, but when God created man, he created spirit, soul, and body. So Jesus Christ, the Bible made it clear. He said, the soul that sins shall die. So we should be very, very careful that we are not just deceiving ourselves and say that, eh, my spirit is holy. So if I sin, it's my, it's my body that sins. I've seen it many times. I heard of a testimony where one, one brother committed fornication and they told him that, ah, why do you commit it? Not, he said that they should not tell him that he's the one that is his body that committed it. That is not his spirit that committed it. And the real him is the spirit. What kind of self-deception is that? What kind of self-deception? That's, that's a lie. That's a man that is becoming, that, that, that doesn't want to repent and is enjoying the sin and he doesn't want anybody to correct him from that sin. The time we come, that thing will take over him. And you know that sin does not stop in one place. If a man holds on to fornication, before you know it, other things will come in. There's no way other things will, it will come in. That's why 
That's why sin is not something to joke with. It's a plague. Sin is cancer. Sin is cancerous. It spreads very fast. So we need to be very, very careful. We don't just, we don't just peddle around with sin. A man should, a man should run from it. You know, you know, <laughs> Paul was telling them, was telling a, a gentile church. He said, flee fornication. Why does he say you should flee? He knows what that thing can do. Flee, run away. Sorry, run. If you are a you know what that thing means. Run away. When you see it coming from one side, run to another side. Why is he saying that? Because that thing is a plague. It's worse than a pandemic. It spreads very fast. So we man should not get comfortable in sin and say that it's my spirit man that sinned. So it's my, it's my, it's my body that sinned, not my spirit. So in other words, uh, it's not me that sinned. I did not sin. What? You sinned. You actually sinned. Praise God. So we need to be very, very careful with that. Yeah. Now, the, so uh, the new bed has nothing to do with our physical body or the soul. Is the spirit solely the, the spirit, but uh, you, you see that so that spirit man is seated with Christ. We have established that. Do you get what I'm saying? And this new birth is the rebirth of the dead human spirit. That human spirit that was dead, well, now that spirit has been quickened. What does it mean to be quickened? Now. Let me just re-explain this again so that we can understand what it means to be quickened. What it means to be quickened is that a man, the, the, um, he now have impulses towards God. Before, he didn't, that spirit didn't have impulses towards God. He was dead. So Satan could do anything. Actually, when you say a man is dead, because he does not have impulses towards God, doesn't mean he does not have impulses towards something else. He has impulses towards the um, signals of Satan. Because he's under the kingdom of Satan. Now that he has been quickened, he is now under another kingdom. So if the Bible is talking about, um, if we can, if you are applying this scripture, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. If you are applying that scripture to the spirit man, eh, it's because now he's under, that spirit man is directly under the kingdom of our God. Do you get what I'm saying? He can naturally walk with God. That's what that spirit man is. He's dead now. He's, he was dead now. He's alive to God. He can respond to God's impulses. That's actually what new birth is. That spirit. New birth is an emphasis on the spirit man. And we need to be very, very careful with that. Killer with that. You know, I was talking to somebody recently. He's actually a minister of the gospel. And he was saying that uh, it doesn't mean that the spirit man has been saved. And it doesn't mean that the soul too has not been saved. No, the soul has not been saved. We need to understand that thing. It was very, very few things. New birth, we are most of the time affect very few things in the soul, and many times the few things it affects in the soul, maybe only by God's uh, natural um, divine intervention, He knows that those some of these things might be a problem. So immediately after a man gets born again, quickly takes it out. I remember when I got born again, one of the ones that the Lord quickly, quickly dealt with, quickly dealt with, was going to crawl. He dealt with it in a very short time. Because maybe I won't have left. Maybe I will have gone. I will have stayed there for so long if he did not deal with that as, as quick as possible. Do you get what I'm saying? Now the reason why. So you see that that was one of the few things that he dealt with. Other things I was being convicted and overcoming them over time, over time, over time, over time. So you understand that is the spirit man first. The spirit man first. The new birth is the rebirth of our human spirit, according to the Bible. Praise God. 
First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Let's quickly open there. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Can you read that for us, please? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Carries, are you there? Okay. If you're not there, who else can read this for us? Uh, Betty, are you there? Good evening, sir. Uh, how are you doing? Can you read that scripture for us? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. First Thessalonians 5, 23. Yeah. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Uh-huh. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless uh-huh. unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Now let's look at that scripture very well. He said, and the God of peace sanctify you holy so god does not want to just sanctify the spirit man he doesn't want to sanctify the spirit man again when they say a man is whole when god wants to receive a whole man he will receive him spirit soul and body that's a whole man when god says man a whole man that is actually spirit soul and body so we need to be very conscious of that fact that god wants to make god not just wants to quicken the spirit man he wants to make us whole he wants to make man whole. So the journey of salvation of the soul is to make man whole. So he now said, the, uh, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. Praise God. In other words, soul, spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless. Now, the spirit man has been quickened. The spirit man is blameless the day you got born again, but the soul is not blameless. When we are saying blameless, it doesn't mean that you should now start condemning yourself in that sense. When we are talking about blame, the soul still has natures that are contrary to the will of God. Those are blames in the soul. Those are, those are foreign bodies in the soul that should not be in the soul. When God created man, those things were not in the soul. Man acquired them over time. So those things were not meant, are not meant to be in the soul. So those things came as a result of a man walking according to the prince of the power of the air. So those things are foreign bodies in the soul. And that's what are the blames in the soul. Now, to, they now want to preserve a man wholly. That means that those, those, those impurities in the soul has to be taken out. It has to be taken out for a man to be whole. So if they will got born again, we are not whole. Only the spirit man got born was quickened. So we are not being made whole yet. We, get, we are made whole when the soul has conformed to the image of the son and actually the body too has been taken over by the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So that's actually what it means to, um, to be whole. Now, and uh, so according to Bible in First Thessalonians, a man is trapatite being. He is a spirit that was created in Genesis. Praise God. Let's quickly open to Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 27. Let's just look at the way God created man. We'll just, let's just spend some time, a little time there, a little time. Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 26. 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, 26, <clears throat> and let them have dominion over the fishes of the sea and over the fowls of the air 
and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. And the image of God created he him. Male and female created them, he them. You get now you are looking at this scripture and you say, male and female, he created Eden. And when God created them, it was only Adam that he created. But he said male and female, he created Eden. So you realize that this creation here is different from formation. We can look at formation in other parts of the Bible. Praise God, that's chapter two. In chapter two, we now saw my God forming man. Forming man is actually creating that, um, that physical body, that realm of this physical body of a man. And the soul of a man. That's the formative part. Praise God. Um, so when God created man, he created his spirit first and gave dominion to that spirit. Praise God. So the dominion of Adam was actually radiating from the spirit man. That dominion was actually radiating, but the soul is like a, well, like is an organ. Is an organ through which that life is actually is actually finding expression through. So that's what is like an organ that the life will now pass through for it to be fully expressed in the body. Do you get what I'm saying? But if you check this scripture here, it was that spirit, which is the real you, that that dominion was given to. So a man should always live his life by the spirit. A man should follow. You know, can I take it? Papa Egin taught us. He taught us that we got Jesus Christ appeared to him and told him that from now on, he will be leading man by the inner witness, which is the, he'll be using, he'll, the man will be led by a spirit man. So that spirit man is holy, and that is the, that is the realm that a man should live from. If a man truly wants to go through this, the process of sanctification, he has to live by, from that realm of his spirit. His spirit man must, he must be living through his spirit man. That's actually how a man is actually transformed. So following the inner witness is actually salvation or sanctification. Any man that used to the, to the spirit man consistently is being sanctified, is being transformed, is being changed. Praise God. Let's just quickly move on. He has a soul which comprises of his mind and heart. But this soul of his came into being when his spirit was put in his body in Genesis chapter 2. Praise God. So let's quickly look at Genesis chapter 2 quickly, and we'll see that scripture. Uh, thank you, Lord. Mm. Genesis chapter 2. I'll read from verse 7. Uh, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nose. You see, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the breath of life. A man became, you see, a man became a living soul. The man did not become a living soul in chapter one. Man became a living soul in chapter two. So that was when that activity of the soul was activated. The activity of the soul was activated in chapter two. His spirit lived in a physical earthly made body. Man's body was formed from the earth. Praise God. So the dust of the earth. Praise God. Now, when we're talking about the dust of the earth, it's not this kind of dust we are seeing everywhere now. Eden was this yeah. paradise. Praise God. Eden was paradise. So when we're talking about um, dust of the earth, don't, don't let us change, take our mind away from physical dust of um, 
the dust we are seeing, maybe you go to the beach, you carry dust. You say, yeah, that is, no, no. Then, you know, I don't want to go to that place. Eden was a different place entirely. So let's 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 then let's just take our mind away from physical dust that we are talking the way we are talking about from the dust of the earth. Praise God. As new as at new birth, his spirit, which was created in the image and likeness of God, we died as a result of man's disobedience, is what is born again. This is an emphasis we need to we need to pay attention to. Is the spirit man that got born again? Is the spirit man that got quickened that got quickened? So there's still a work to be done because man is not only spirit. Man is soul, he is body. And soul has experienced corruption, body has experienced corruption. So when you want to save a man, when you say salvation, salvation, salvation is not just with the spirit man alone. Spirit man is the beginning of salvation. Spirit man is what? This beginning of salvation. Full salvation is making the soul whole and making the body too whole. These are the things that after, when I got born again when I was young, these emphasis were not there. So I, there was no conscious, conscious, I didn't have that conscious, um, uh, what's it called? Conscious mindset towards like giving myself to transformation. Because this wasn't the real emphasis when I got born again. I, one of the emphasis that was is faith, faith towards God. When you use faith to get things from God, those were the emphasis I got. So the issue of salvation of the soul was not an emphasis, even though it was mentioned, it wasn't really an emphasis like that. I didn't see it as something very important. But what I saw as important is, you know, you have dominion, you know, when you pray for something, you should receive it because you have dominion. When you pray for a car, you should get it because you have dominion. Because you, and when, when you want to write the exam, you confess it, eternal life is at work in me. I have eternal life inside me. So when we get to examination hall, you, by the time you, everything you read, you must remember. And it was working. But do you know that that's not what new birth is for? <laughs> Praise God. Those things were working. But that's not what new birth is for. New birth is to come and learn a new life. Now, let me just quickly confirm this thing with you. Um, let's quickly look at that Ephesians chapter, chapter 5, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. He said, For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So the expectation from new birth is a man should, what well, the emphasis that when a man gets born again, the first emphasis that should be placed on that man, the first yoke that should be put on that man is like beginning to learn how to walk with God. Now, you're not, not the intense walk with God. Number one, you see Paul talking about repentance from dead work first and baptism and other things. Those are preparations for a walk with God. Those are emphasis that should be laid. But when I got born again, I was the first emphasis I was given was faith. Now that you are born again, it's time to, you, after you, you do evangelism, two things that I was taught, you do evangelism. After you now, when you are now very prominent in evangelism, the next thing you now need to pay attention to is your dominion. Because now you are born again, you have dominion now. So I used my first three years of, or three years until I came into what of, of, of righteousness. First three years of my life, I used faith to get literally anything. There's nothing I could not use faith to get. Apart from using faith to heal my body, which God, which 
I, I, which worked very well, and everybody must use it too. I will pray for healing and it will come to pass. It was, that one was, it was something that I really enjoyed. In fact, there was a time for almost six or seven years, I did not taste medication. Later, Holy Spirit started telling him that, okay, at least start taking multivitamin. Praise God. Because even multivitamin, I was not taking it. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm living in health and I'll confirm and I'll confess it. The Holy Ghost had to come and come and meet me and say, okay, just small multivitamin, just supplement for your body. You know, that's wisdom. See, that's, that's wisdom. Because even multivitamin, I will not take it. That one is the wisdom from the Holy Ghost. You start teaching me that. Start taking care of your body. Do you get what I'm saying? Praise God. So I was not using medication and I was not falling sick and I enjoyed it. Another thing that, that was emphasized now for me then was now faith. You can use faith to get anything. You can, when you are pray for money, the money will show. And I used it. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Even the ones I didn't need, I used it. You know, you have faith for some expensive shoes. Ah, you are wondering like, wow. And you know now I'm thinking about it. Like, why did I need those shoes then? But because I was just, I just now believe that now I'm born again. All things, and you quote scripture, all things are yours. Praise God. All things are yours. Even we know that that scripture, eh? <laughs> that scripture, that's not what it's talking about. <laughs> that's not what that scripture is talking about. But we quote that scripture a lot. All things are yours. Either Paul, either uh, uh, Apollos, all things are yours. So I believe that there's nothing I ask for that I cannot get. Ah! So an Holy Ghost was, 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 was giving me gave me those things, you know? But one thing I now started realizing is that after a while, after meditating on um, the scriptures and meditating on kinetic material, I started realizing that I have problem. I had sexual problems. I had uh, thought problems. I had problem with, uh, uh, with envy. I had problem with jealousy. I had problem with um, my mouth was not staying in one place. I was making errors. I was disobedient. <sighs> But if so questions are coming up, if I have dominion, how come it's only dominion over buying things that I have? This body too, I should have dominion over it. Those questions started popping up. Why do I still engage in sexual sin? I started asking myself that question. So those were the questions that I had coming up that I started realizing that, Kai, there's more to this than that. There's more to this than actually, there's more to this dominion than the dominion that I actually think I have. There's more to this doing. I did that thing. Many did much did not change until I came into world of righteousness. So as far as, as so there's it's good to know who we are in Christ. It's good to know our position in righteousness. Very important. We need to know our position in righteousness. But a man cannot be transformed without the revelation of righteousness, without living, without yielding, uh, revelation of righteousness and yielding to righteousness. You know, Pastor Sessipo was telling us when he was teaching about um, uh, the fall of man, he was telling us that we pay too much attention to actually um, to sin instead of concentrating on doing righteousness. I mean, of us remember that he told us that, that our concentration should be on doing righteousness. Once a man is doing righteousness, he will be rising above sin. Do you, do, do you just Now, I'm not saying that we should not talk about sin because I've heard doctrine where you say, don't talk about sin. We, if, you, if you are truly doing righteousness, sin will be revealed. You will understand what sin is. A man that is living righteously will begin to see the wiles of Satan and the wiles of Satan will start being exposed. Do you get what I'm saying? So you understand the fact that 
when a man is actually paying attention to doing righteousness, sin will be exposed. Sin will be demystified. Praise God. Let me quickly move on from here. Praise the Lord. Hope you have been blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. At new birth, a spirit which was created in the image and likeness of God, which died as a result of man's disobedience, is what is born again. By born again, it means that the very nature, fabric, and element of the spirit man has changed into that of Christ and God. Praise God. So you know we always say that we are risen with Christ. And now we can respond to God. You see? We are risen with Christ. Now we can, re- that spirit man can respond to God. If you take out that spirit man, eh? if you take out that spirit man, remove the soul that is, that is as corruption, man, you'll just be enjoying your work with God. Nothing will stop you. But God wants to make man whole. He wants to make man whole. So being whole means that soul is saved. Spirit is saved. Praise God. That, that born again spirit is not a forgiving sinner. Let's pay attention to that. It's not a forgiving sinner. Rise, rather, is a new creation in Christ Jesus. This thing, eh, there are some company that I'm afraid of saying it. There are some company that, when I say that spirit man is not a forgiven sinner, people will say that, so what now happened today? God it doesn't mean that your sin was not forgiven. No, no. What happened to the spirit man is more than forgiveness of sin. What happened to the spirit man is more than forgiveness of sin. It's not just, God did not forgive the sin of the spirit man. He created a new man. A man that never existed before. A new man was created. A new man started existing. That new man has never sinned before. As far as God is concerned. That spirit. I'm talking about the spirit now. He's a new man. He has never existed. He's a new creature. All things are passed away. As far as God is concerned, he has never done anything wrong. Ah, okay. He's even here. He does not have a past. And now, as the image and likeness of God. You see? He, as far as God is concerned, he has never done anything bad before. That spirit man has never done anything bad. Do you get what I'm saying? So you will see that new birth is actually a new world entirely. A man, they carried man and put him in a new world entirely. A world he has never existed in before. And that's why sometimes one of the experience of a new, of a man that got born again, if he's in a, a, in a place where he's well taught, you will see that the, the, one of the experiences they want to start bringing to him is maybe Holy Ghost experience, speaking in tongues, because that's the language of the new world he has come into. When a man is speaking in tongues, eh, he's, he's, the, he's, he's, um, he, he's coming into realization of a new existence. You see, when you are speaking in tongues, it looks like you are in a different world entirely. If you pay attention to it and you spend time in that place, you are connecting with a, with a world which is actually the world that God actually claimed, wanted a man to be in in the first place. You are, you are now, a man's mind is being, is being rearranged and re, reformed into the, a new world entirely a word that he never thought existed before. So those are the experiences that God first brings to someone that just got born again. It's because he wants the reality of the spirit realm to come to him first. So a man cannot live spiritually without actually bringing him into a realization of the spirit realm. 
And that's what's one of the things that speaking in tongues does. When you speak in tongues, you come into that, that, that um, what, what will I say? Uh, that acquaintance with another realm that you never thought existed before, which is the spirit realm. So when they say walk in the spirit, eh, one of the things that can actually turn the heart into consciousness of the spirit is speaking in tongues. Anytime you speak in tongues, you know that, you know that your heart is connecting with something else outside this world. That's what speaking in tongues does. So they want the man to speak in tongues. They want, you know, things like gifts of the spirit. Gifts of the spirit, those things, those things are there to bring a man into a realization of another world entirely. Praise God. Why do we now need to be born again? Now let's emphasize it quickly. Romans chapter 5, 12 to 21. Why do we need to be born again? You know, after reading this, we will now see the reason why if an unbeliever surrounds us, the seed of the, of the world must always be sown inside them. That one day, day to day, they might experience the joy that we're experiencing. Why do we need to be born again? Romans chapter 2. Let's quickly go to... Uh, first, let's go to Genesis chapter 2 first. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Why we need to be born again? Genesis chapter 2. 15 to 17, 15 to 17. Now you see, see what a man is here. Genesis chapter two, 15, sorry, 15 to, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress and to keep it. And the Lord, and the Lord God commanded the man saying, Thing. Oh, every tree of the garden thou mayest eat, but if, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day thou eatest it, thou shalt surely die. So we need to be born again. So if you see an unbeliever outside, he is dead. Praise God. An unbeliever is dead. So that's, that's why we have responsibility towards unbelievers, sir. <coughs> We have responsibilities towards unbelievers because he is a dead man. We must be compassionate enough that any opportunity God gives us to sow seed of the world inside them, sow it and move on. They don't have to get born again the day you got, the day you sow that seed there. But you know, seed germinates over time. And these are the responsibilities of every Christian. You don't have to go uh, look for a time inside church where they set out time in church and they say, uh, oh yeah, let's go and, get, let's go and do some evangelism for us to have that heart of actually putting the seed of the word inside unbelievers. That's, we should not be waiting for that time. It should be our natural state. It should be something that we are actually conscious of that. You see an unbeliever around you, you are waiting on God that, God, should I reach out to this one or not reach out? You know, you are checking your spirit, man, because every people have to be saved. Praise God. Okay, let's quickly move on. Romans chapter 5, 12 to 21. Let's quickly look at that scripture. Romans chapter 5, 12 to 21. I'll just I'll, I'll read it. Don't worry. Therefore, as by one man sin and one man sin enter into the world, as by one man sin, as no, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed unto all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law. Sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Praise God. So when God wanted to save man, 
Ah, let me see. We'll finish it. That's good. So when man sinned, he said death passed on to all men. So naturally, sin has to, when a man, after man fell, sin is being passed to every man. So naturally, the day I got born again, sin was passed to me too. Sin is a nature, is a genetic information that can be passed from children to children. Now, that's why you now see why is not the seed of a man that impregnated Mary. Because as if it's the seed of a man that impregnated Mary, sin will be in Jesus. Because it has been designed that once a seed of a man is, is going to be the one to form a baby, sin will be in the body of that baby. The body of that baby will be kind of acquainted to sin. So because they wanted Jesus Christ to be sinless, they did not use the seed of a man to create Jesus. It was the seed of the Holy Ghost that impregnated Mary. That seed of the Holy Ghost does not have sin in his genetics. But the seed of a man has sin in his genetics. So definitely the seed of man cannot bring Jesus to the earth. Or else sin will be in Jesus. That's the difference there. Praise God. So for unto the law, sin... For unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned. From, you see, verse 14, death reigned. When you say death is reigning, it means that death is in control. Death is actually doing everything. Death, so a man that is not born again, death is in control of his life. Death is reigning over him. Even if it might not be fornicating, he might be wearing skirts. And not, uh, the woman might not, she might not be wearing earrings. She might, she might think that she's holy. If she's not born again, death is still reigning. Even if she ties scarf from now to tomorrow, death is still reigning. A man has to be born again for the reign of death to be broken. Do you get what I'm saying? So, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam. You see, because a man has not sinned doesn't mean that death is not reigning over him. You see, even those that have not sinned after the similitude of Adam, Death still reigned over them. After the meaning of Adam's, Adam's translation, who is the figure of him that was to come? He talked about Jesus there. Adam is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many men. I, I don't know if we're going to do another question and answer after this teaching, because there are some doctrines that we need to debunk. One of the doctrines that we need to debunk is that, you know, there's a doctrine right now that is, that is almost peddling everywhere that they, they use this scripture that if, since sin is being transferred to every man because of, uh, before, uh, before Jesus Christ came, that, 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 that Jesus Christ died, that sin is not being transferred again, is a lie, is not true. Do you get what I'm saying? Then that means, so they, they are debunking new births. That now that Jesus Christ has died, we don't need new birth again. That every man was just born into ignorance. We, by God's grace, maybe one of these days, we, maybe by next week, question and answer session, we will actually 
find the way of debunking this because some people can just say, hey, now Jesus Christ has died and he has forgiven all the sin. In other words, when uh, the, there's no sin in the genetics of man again, if my father is born again, he cannot transfer sin to me. No, no, no. He can transfer sin into a man because sin is a soul thing. Sin is a soul thing. It's a soul thing. It's a soul thing. It's in the genetics of the soul of a man and the body. Soul thing and body. Soul and body. Sin is a soul and body thing. So because a man is born again, doesn't mean that when he gives birth to a child, the child will naturally be born again in that sense. This, there will still be soul, in the, there will still be sin in the body because there is sin in the body of that man. So he will still transfer sin to that child. Praise God. So we, should, we need to be very good. So that, that doctrine is not, is not true. Is not true. So not one thing they are now saying is that so once a man that is born again gives birth to a child, the child will be born again because since he's born again, he does not transfer sin to his child. No, 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 no. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Sin is a soul thing and it's a body thing. So when a man actually transfers seed into a woman, sin goes along with that seed. Praise God. So like, we'll just move on from there. Why do we need to be there? Why do we need to be born again? So uh Verse 16, and not as it has been with that uh, one that's sin, so is the free gift for the man. For the judgment was by one to the to condemnation, but the gift of many of offense unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Praise God. I'll read to verse 21. It's a long read. Therefore, as by the offense of one, of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one of the free, of one, the free gift came upon all men. Jesus. Unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Praise God. Now, this, this position is, this, this righteousness is talking about the position of righteousness. Because man just sinned and he became, he, he, the man died. So, obviously, now man has to believe to be, made, to, to be made righteous in that sense. Praise God. So, by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So, the day a man, by the obedience of Jesus, any man that believes in Jesus is put in the position of righteousness. So these are the reasons why we need to be born again. This is why we need to be born again. Because a man has been, a man that is not born again is in the position of unrighteousness and righteous, unrighteousness he will do. Now a man that is born again has been placed in the position of righteousness. Praise God. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might, might abound. Now, this one of the law is that man did not know that they were sinning because there was no law to actually tell them that they were sinning. So God brought the law so that sin can be truly seen. So that man can know that they actually have problem. Yeah. That as sin at reign unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. That was a long read, but we needed to read it so that we can actually see the process the process of um, salvation and seeing the benefit of getting born again. 
That is the benefit of getting born again. If a man is not born again, everything they mention concerning sin in this scripture, that man is experiencing it. It's quite unfortunate, but it's true. That man is experiencing everything that was said here. Praise God. Why do we need to be born again? Okay, when Adam sinned by eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he died in his spirit, just as God had told him. He and his wife died in their spirit when they ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But that is not all. All their seeds, children, within them has experienced this death. This is the reason why Romans 5, verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered the world, one man sin entered the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men. For, for that all have sinned, praise God. As far as God is concerned, because Adam sinned, we have all sinned. Because of Adam's sin, the whole human race through Adam was born into the kingdom of darkness and Satan became the father of the spirit of Adam. His wife and other offspring. Also, every man, you know, Jesus Christ told the Pharisees that you have your father, the devil. They were not born again. So as far as Jesus Christ is concerned, you have your father, the devil. What does it mean to be of their father? That means, and he now said, even his bidding shall ye do. Do you get? So if, if somebody is fathering me, is what he tells me to do that I would do. Do you get what I'm saying? So we, the, the spirit man was under the dominion of Satan. That spirit man was under what? The dominion of Satan. So whatever the Satan tells that spirit to do, he will do it. Now, let's, look, let's go. Because of Adam's sin, the whole human race through Adam was born into the kingdom of darkness and Satan became the father of spirit of Adam. His wife and their offspring also, every man became child of Satan in his spirit. Praise God. Ah. You see why we need to be born again and we need to be compassionate with people that are not born again. Everybody is a child of Satan as long as you are not born again. But the day we got born again, we became children of God. We need to understand that. The day I got born again, I became a child of God. When Jesus Christ was resurrected, he said something. He said, do not, he was telling uh, Mary Magdalene, he said, do not touch me, for I go to my father and your father. I go to my God and your God. The day we got born again, God became our father and God became our God. The only thing that is remaining is that we grow in that relationship, that fatherly whole relationship with God. But he does not change the fact that he is our father and he's our God. He's our God and he's our father. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And also, every man became the child of Satan in his spirit. Jesus Christ came, however, paid the price. Jesus Christ did what? He paid the price. Everything. You see, new birth, that death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Ah. Look at it. Everything required. For the total man to be set free. Let's stay here. <coughs> the Bible says that everything required for the total man, spirit, soul, and body to be set free, Jesus Christ paid for it. I don't know if you understand that thing that I'm doing. Everything required for spirit, soul, and body to be set free, Jesus Christ paid for it. The only difference is that now we now have to yield to the life for us to be fully set free. That's why I was now saying that those who continue in my word, those who continue in my word are my disciples indeed. 
they shall know the truth and the truth shall make them free. You see? So we are not paying for freedom again. We are yielding to the world to be free. Praise God. Our, our yielding to righteousness is not payment for freedom. Our yielding to righteousness is the spiritual discipline, which is called discipleship. We are being discipled to be made free. To be made, to be formed, to be made free from sin. Jesus Christ has already paid for everything required. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient for, from new birth to full salvation of the soul, which is a man actually experiencing the life of the throne. Jesus Christ has paid for it. It has been paid for, but we need to be raised. Everybody, everybody you, you need to understand that thing. We need to be raised. If a man understands this thing, he will, he will submit to the process of being raised. If a man understands this, he will submit to the process of being raised because a man has to be raised to enjoy all that Christ paid for. A man has to be raised. You, we cannot just come and start confessing it because, uh, because Jesus Christ already paid for it. I just need to confess it. No, no, no. Confess it from now till tomorrow. If a man is not raised, he cannot experience it. And that's the, that's the area of entering into the kingdom that Jesus Christ was talking about. It. Jesus Christ said, a man cannot enter into the kingdom except he's born of water and the spirit. Those are the realms of, of dealings that God will take a man through for a man to not experience the life of the kingdom. He has to go through dealings. When you say a man, water and the, and the spirit is actually a life of the word and obedience to the spirit. You get Those are the dealings that a man will now go to to experience the life that Christ paid for. Praise God. He said, everything required for total man to be set free. When a person now believes with his heart in the redemptive work of Jesus, he becomes born again in his spirit. So now let's emphasize, let's stay here for a while. Praise God. To be born again takes believing. A man does not need to understand it for him to be born again. And this is something that actually marvels me too. Because many times you will feel like, ah, I need to understand it. I need to understand it. No, no, the day we got born again, we did not understand anything. Praise God. The day we got born again, we did not understand anything. We just believed. But in the realm of the spirit, what actually, um, what actually passes, what actually... Um, the discipline of the realm of the spirit is that you must first believe before you understand. That's actually what God is. You first believe because he's sovereign. You, do, you cannot understand it before believing it. He's a sovereign God. He's a mystery. So the only way you can enter into God is first believing. So he said, he's, he's, a, he's a ruler of those that God is, a, he said, he, uh, this scripture, what we were talking about, everyone who, where who seek who seek him? He said must uh, must first believe that he is, and rewarder of those who diligently who diligently seek him. So you must first believe in his existence, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know some people they quote this scripture, uh, "I have God, I already have God." I understand where they are coming from, but if you fully have something, why are you still seeking it? So in other words, you don't really have it yet. 
At New Bed, you don't really, really have it yet. You believed it to come and have it. Praise God. So we don't really, really have it at New Bed. Okay, now let's go. Who can be born again? Who can be born again? Let's quickly set some balances here. Who can be born again? Praise God. Uh, I want to ask somebody a question before we move on here. Who can actually be born again? I'm looking at um, uh, Wesley Umwosu. How are you doing, my brother? Bro, Wesley, how are you there? Sir. Uh, explain to us, you are going to teach us today. Who can be born again? Um, you can hear me clearly, right? Yeah, clearly, yeah. Based on the what on um everyone everybody can be born again, right? Born again, yes, sir. Everybody needs to be born again. Everybody needs to be born again. Yeah, praise God. Uh yes, let's move on from there. But let me quickly let me quickly um put some balances here. Uh, bro, Wesley, you said everyone, right? So let me ask you a question. Sorry, I'm not putting you on the spot. I just want to ask a question. Uh, someone that just got born again, someone that a, a child that you just gave birth to today, a one-year-old child, can he get born again? Hello, bro, Wesley. I can't hear you. I don't know. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Someone that okay, he, he I said, can you want a child get born again? I, I said, no, sir, he can't be against sir. Uh, you see that, you know, truly, truly, from our hearts, we always feel like, man, everybody can get born again. But, you know, we need to put some perspective to it, too. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. yes. You, can, you, can, you can mute now. It's okay. Okay. Thank you, sir. Some perspective to it. Someone that, it's one-year-old child, like my son, Anu, is going to be two. He's just, he's just one-year-old. I, I can't preach gospel to him now. I can only live the life of the gospel around him to actually culture the atmosphere. That's the best I can do. And that's why parents must grow. If you desire to have children, one of the best things you can do for your children is that grow spiritually. Because to be very sincere, the culture of righteousness around your house will naturally bring your children into the consciousness of righteousness first. So I can't, I can't come and tell my child that they should get born again and they should love Jesus when there's no atmosphere and culture of the spirit in the house. The children are watching me. They are seeing me misbehave and I'm telling them to be born again. It can be very, that can be, that can be a problem. So one of the best things I can do for my child right now is for me to be growing spiritually so that they can be seeing a pattern of life. So that when it's time for them to get born again, there will not be struggle. They will have seen a life that they would desire. Praise God. So you see, who can be born again? Providing scriptural answers to this question is imperative. This is against the backdrop of some people's belief in infants' new birth, which of course is not biblical. So a baby cannot get born again. I know there are doctrines where once a child gets born, ah, okay, let me even tell you something. I met somebody one day. You know the way the people preach gospel now. We went out for evangelism. Somebody said, "Do you think that the day you go, you if you go to if you die now, you go to heaven?" He said, "Ah, that when 
um, she was born, uh, her, her father took her for baptism. So as far as she's concerned, she's going to make heaven. <laughs> Jesus. We, it was actually a very funny answer to me because I never heard that one before. He said, because uh, she did baptism when she was young, as a baby. So she's going to go to heaven. No, 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 no. Because a man was baptized, because a child was baptized as a baby, does not mean that the child is born again. <coughs> that has no even scriptural in the first place. Baptism is not what gets a man born again. A man can be dipped inside water and come out and he's still an embodiment of sin because he's not born again. So water baptism is not a new birth. But I, I, I've seen that thing, that doctrine a lot in, um, in Canada. If I heard it for the first time in Canada, the first time I heard it, I heard it in Canada, that because I was, um, I was baptized when I was young, I'm going to go to heaven. It is not true. So, uh, of course, it is not biblical. In some other places, some believe that a person who, who a person that a person who is dead and did not make did not make Jesus Israel Lord and Savior before death can be brought into God's kingdom by prayer and religious sacrifice. Uh, I don't want to mention names here, but this doctrine is something that is in some quarters. Yeah, in some quarters, they believe that. In fact, there's some doctrine. There's some doctrine. Christian you know, in Christianity that they will put maybe offering inside the grave of that man, that he can actually buy his way into heaven. That he just need to offer offering in heaven. That they will now put gold. They will put things inside the inside the grave. That when he gets to when he gets to heaven at the gate of heaven, those things they put inside the grave will be his payment for entrance into heaven. I don't know, but it's always a Vikings. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe maybe that those that, that religion they have a relationship with Nigerian police. Praise God. Because <laughs> they want to bribe, they want to bribe their way into heaven. <laughs> praise God. Ah, praise God. Yeah, so they believe that you can actually pay your way into heaven by just carrying gold to the pearly gate of heaven and just, no, it's not true. <laughs> you can't buy salvation. Another one means that, say that you have to just offer some sacrifices after the person dies and by that sacrifice, and you now pray, pray. So you, that's where, I think that's where, um, that's where the prayer of, let us pray that his soul will rest in peace came from. That let's pray that may his soul rest in peace. The, the way a man a man can satisfy that his soul will rest in peace is by getting born again on earth. The only way for a man to be sure that his soul will rest in peace is by getting born again here. If a man dies without getting born again, that soul will not rest in peace. Because naturally, the soul is, is, is a hell, is a candidate of hell. The Bible says by nature, children of rot. So it's just a natural descent. Is a natural descent. So, um, so those, those, there are some doctrines like that. There are some doctrines like that, but it is not scriptural. It is not scriptural. Um, note, who are newly born, children who are newly born and those who are grown, who are grown, but have not come to the age of accountability. 
Now, when you're talking about age of accountability, we're not talking about physical age. We're talking about a mental age. We're talking about mental age. Children who are newly born and those who have grown but have not come to the age of accountability cannot be born again. Because you cannot be made, if you can't, um, you can't bring, you can't make a man responsible for his sin, then you can't judge him for the sin. So a man needs that age of accountability so that he can actually be convicted. A man that cannot be convicted of sin cannot be um, given salvation. And, and God will not start telling him that he should start repenting. But he's not accountable for his sin in the first place. He doesn't even understand what sin is. My son, Anu, does not understand what sin is. The best, the way that I would tell him that that thing is wrong is by spanking him. And even after spanking him, I might still go back there. But we are, we are just, that, that process of dealing with him is actually for preparation, preparing him for a life of righteousness. But he cannot get born again. He's not accountable for his soul yet. Praise God. According to the scripture, nobody can be born again by or through another person's will or consent. You can't get born again for your brother. My mommy cannot get born again for me. There's a doctrine like that too. The grace of your mother will cover you. Can I be very sincere with us? No. If a man dies in a sin, the grace of the mother is not covering anything. Praise God. The grace of the mother is not covering anything. He is going to go to hell. As long as he's of the age of accountability, the grace of his mother cannot cover anything. Because uh, even when I was on camp, when I was young and my mother is prayer warrior, I used to tell people that people are just stressing yourself. My mother is praying for me. My mother is praying for me. But it's not true. It's true that my mother is praying for me, but <laughs> our prayer should just be born again. You know that every time I sin, our prayer will not be covering my sin. No. I'm not at the age of accountability. That thing is not there again. I have to be responsible for myself. Oh, praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead. Uh, children are newly, okay. According to the scripture, nobody can be born again by or through another person's will or consent. That, that child has to grow to the age of accountability and make up his mind. You see? Make up his mind to make Jesus the Lord of his life. He has is a is a is a decision, is a personal decision that everybody must make. Salvation is a personal decision. You can't even cajole anybody into salvation. That's why when you are preaching salvation to a man, you are not putting fear in him. Some of us, this fear we want to use to get people born again. If you ah, you don't do evangelism. If you die now, you are going to hell. So get born again. That one is a threat. That's not good news. You are threatening him. Good news is that Jesus Christ died for your sin and he has made salvation available for you. Confess him as your Lord and Savior and you'll be saved. You see, that is as simple as it is, it's powerful. As simple as that in sound, that's powerful. I've noticed one thing. When, when, once that statement is made, I always notice that the atm even the atmosphere changes when you go and do evangelism. Even the atmosphere around you changes. Because you are making is that thing is so powerful. Jesus Christ died for your sin, and he died for our sin that we might be saved. Accept him as your Lord and Savior, and you will be saved. That thing is so powerful. 
No one else can do it for him. Until the age of accountability, God's loving mercy covers up for children who die before the age because children are his heritage. Praise God. He's not accountable yet, but children are the heritage of God. That's Psalm 127, 3 to 4. So children are the heritage of God. So at the end of the day, a man that is not, a child that is not accountable for his life, obviously God cannot send him to hell because he doesn't even know what sin is. So if a child dies at the age where at the age where he's young, God's mercy covers him up because he's not accountable for his sin. But when he gets to the age of accountability, where he knows what is good and what is bad, now he's accountable for his sin because now he can be convicted of sin. A child that is accountable for his sin, a child that has grown to the age of accountability, should feel bad if he sins. He should feel bad if he does something wrong. Because that same child, because he's accountable for his sin, he can plan evil in his heart too. He can plan to steal meat from the pots. He can plan to steal money from his mother's pots. He can, he can plan in his head. He can plan to lie. Because now he's at the age of accountability, he can, he can put thoughts together. So he's accountable for his sin. So he needs to get born again. Praise God. If anyone who has reached the age of accountability dies without getting born again, such a one cannot be born again thereafter. No prayer or religious sacrifice can make a person experience new birth or enter the kingdom of God. Of God, John 3.3. 3. You see? As long as the man is... A, is um, Okay, I was going to ask, ask that question. That question. Thank you, sir. Okay, good, good, good. Thank you. Thank God we're able to answer that question. Praise God. If any man has reached the age of accountability and without getting born again, such a one cannot be born again thereafter. No prayer or religious sacrifice can make such a person experience new birth or enter kingdom of God. Praise God. The only time that... Um, that that uh, Jesus Jesus Christ died and went to hell and preached gospel in the book of hospital. That was the only time that Jesus Christ preached gospel people and he took he emptied hell. Do you guys say after that? Because and there was a reason for that, which I can't really peg into now. But now, because man has now been given the the resource for salvation, a man has to believe in Jesus. Even those that Jesus Christ went to meet in hell, they had to believe in him before he could empty them from hell. Do you get what I'm saying? So you now see that, that a man, as long as a man does not accept Jesus Christ here on earth and is of accountable age, after he dies, because he's accountable for his sin, he will be judged for his sin. That man will face judgment for his sin. Therefore, if therefore it is only those who have come to account age of accountability that can be born again. Praise God. Do you understand this thing I just thought now? Because I know there has been a lot of question around this area for a long time. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Please, just reply me. You can give me thumbs up. You can say yes. You can say, please, just to make sure that I've not confused anybody. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, yes, let's sir. the effect of new birth. Let's go to the effect of new birth. Now, a child of God, having the nature of God in our spirit, Ephesians 5, verse 8, Colossians 1.13, 2 Corinthians 5. Let's quickly open to that Colossians 1.13. That scripture is very important. Colossians 1.13. Colossians 
that scripture is actually very important. Galatians 1.13, Calabash, Okay, Galatians 1.13, he said, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You see, that Colossians 1, verse 13 to 14 is very important. Now, this scripture, applying this scripture to the spirit man, this thing has already happened. The translation has already happened. But if you carry the same scripture and you want to apply it to the soul, eh, it's a process. Do you get what I'm saying? So you see the separation. That's, that's the separation there. This scripture, as far as from the spirit man, in applying the scripture to the spirit man, this thing has already happening, happened. But if you carry that same scripture, I want to apply it to the soul. You know that the soul is going through a process of translation or transformation. Praise God. Now, now a child of God, having the nature of God in our spirit, because of new birth, we are now children of God, and God is now the father of our spirit. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 4 says that the father is the father of spirit. Praise God. Chapter 12, verse 9. He said he's the father of spirit. So God has now become our father and our God. I go to my father and your father. I go to my God and your God. So you must, we must always understand this balance. He has become our father. He has become our God. He has to father us. Now, the way he fathers a baby is different from the way he will father a mature Christian. But he's still the father of everybody that is born again, and he's still the God of every man that is born again. Actually, the meaning of father is to nurture. To nurture. To father means to nurture, to raise. To tutor, to teach. That's what a father does. To discipline. Discipline is not about spanking. To discipline means giving instructions that will form. That's actually what it means to discipline. Bringing instructions that will form a certain character into somebody. You are fathering the person. That's what it means to father somebody. Jesus. Now, a member of God's family. Also, we are now members of God's household. Praise God. We're talking about uh, you are now part of the commonwealth of Israel. Praise God. The, you know, for so long, Israel was the household of God. Now, salvation has been opened to the Gentiles. And Romans, Romans chapter 4 was explaining that if the, that God made sure that made sure that uh, promise was made unto Abraham by faith, not by the law, so that the, uh, the salvation will be open to those who the law has not been given to, and salvation will now be by faith. Do you get? So Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. So and God made sure that that happened before the law came so that righteousness will be by faith. Do you get what I'm saying? If to say the, the Abraham's um, righteousness was attached to the law, we that were not given the law we will, not be, we will not have access to salvation because that promise will not be made unto us. But because it was by faith, the Gentiles too cannot be included in it. God has the master plan. He had it from the beginning. He had that master plan in his head. Because definitely, if to say it is by the law, only Israel will be the one that will encapsulate salvation. And they will know, any Gentile that wants to receive salvation, maybe they'll be charging us money to receive it. 
Do you get what I'm saying? And they'll be, or they'll be doing some religious rites for us to come into it or something. But God makes sure that it is by faith. Abraham believed God and was encountered with righteousness. And by that, we are now becoming the part of the commonwealth of Israel. Now, see, another effect of new birth. Having peace with God and joy in our hearts. Now we have peace with God in that manner that before we did not have any access to God. This peace here is not the peace of that comes with um uh in that this is not the peace of um, Ephesians chapter two. Do you get what I'm saying? When we are talking about we have peace with God, the, is the spirit man that has peace with God. That means it's not conflicting with God. That spirit man has peace with God. If you use this scripture for soul, soul does not have peace because it cannot mind. Soul is mind and heart. A carnal mind is enmity to God. So that soul is still an enemy of God somewhere. But the spirit man has peace with God. So somewhere in us, we have peace with God, which is the spirit man. But the soul does not have peace with God. The soul has to be trained and transformed to have peace with God. Praise God. These are the realities of our hearts. And we come into the new birth. These are realities our hearts will come into at new birth. Peace and joy are flow are flows from our newborn spirit. You see, it flows from our newborn spirit. Peace and joy flows from the spirit. The soul might not be experiencing peace and joy, and that's why it, your peace and your joy has nothing to do with your feeling. It has nothing to do with feeling in that sense because it's a nature flowing from the spirit man. And spirit really, really does not have much to do with your feelings. So when we are talking about joy, we are not talking about the feeling of happiness. Joy is actually a nature of the spirit man that the soul should embody. So if it is happiness, when things are going bad, then there will not be joy. But because it's an attribute of the spirit man, a man, even when things are going bad, there should still be joy. Because joy is an attribute of the spirit and the joy is cultivated by the word of God in the soul. Joy is something that is cultivated in the soul by the word of God. So when things are even not going well as planned, there should still be joy in the soul because joy is not a feeling, it's a nature. And there must that the soul too must come into that nature called joy. Praise God. Peace and joy are flows from the newborn spirit. It's from the spirit man. And the soul should one day come become acquainted with that same nature, which is the spirit man. Freedom from sin and its consequences. Praise God. I want to ask somebody a question. Uh, I thought this thing last week, so I will ask a small question here. Let me see, who can I call? Who has not spoken here today? Ah, this brother, I don't know him. Brother Jide. Are you there? Is brother Jide there? Ah, okay. Maybe he's not hearing me. Ah, let me see. Ah, bro, Benjamin. 
Benjamin. Okay, no problem, no problem. Who else can ask? I, I want to ask a question from somebody. Uh, brother Tamilore, are you there? Praise yes, God. Uh -huh. Praise God. No, Benjamin is here, sir. Okay, uh, let me go back to Brother Benjamin then. Yes, sir. Brother Ben, how are you doing? I'm, I'm very good, sir. Yeah, good to, hear, good to hear your voice. <laughs> Same here, sir. <laughs> yeah. What are those things that came with sin? After a man's sin, what are those things? Those physical, let's just bridge with the physical things that came with sin. What are those things? Just just um just mention them. Just there are many. Just mention the ones that you feel like can come to your mind. Okay, sir. Um fornication, adultery, yeah. Um, those things in uh selects um that we are supposed to let okay, I forgot the verse. I think it's after Hebrews, Hebrews 13. Mm. Okay. Yes, sir, but I can remember fornication and, and adultery, sir. Yeah. But apart from fornication and adultery, those are sins of the body. There are some things that happen to us, like like sickness. Yes, sir. Yeah. Do you get yeah. oh. So so is it more like diseases? Yeah. yeah. Sickness. Oh. Okay. So as mentioned, diseases. Yeah, yeah. Can you don't, don't do things like that? Can you mention them for me? The body. Yeah, since yeah, things of the body that came with sin. Um ah oh, Jesus, that came with sin. I think it's um uh, uh cancer. Yeah. Uh -huh. The cancer maybe any any sick any sickness. Uh, Praise God. Thank you very much. Yes, Sorry, sir. maybe I don't ask maybe I don't ask the question properly, but definitely I know you understand what I'm trying to say. Praise yes, God. sir, for sure. For sure. Thank you, sir. Sickness came with um with is a consequence of sin. Sickness in the body. You know, I was telling, I was telling us last week that the time came, I had to actually take authority over my body because I used to fall sick many sick, fall sick many times. Sickness came with sin. Not that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Sickness should not take over me again. It's not, it's not good. It's not okay for a Christian to be falling sick and falling sick and falling sick. No, it's not okay. That's not godly. That it is not of God. For so the day we got born again, freedom from sin and its consequences. Diseases, satanic manipulation. A Christian cannot be demon possessed. Christ is living inside that soul. Demon too cannot come and exist with Christ. Cannot come and be staying in the same room where Christ is staying. So a Christian cannot be, but a, 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 a Christian can be demon oppressed. Do you get what I'm saying? It can be demon oppressed. A demon can be oppressing a Christian if he doesn't know his authority in Christ Jesus. But for a demon to possess somebody, for a Christian, because Christ and Holy Ghost is in that soul. So demon cannot enter there, but it can still be oppressed because it, oppression comes with ignorance. Demonic oppression comes with ignorance. Praise God. Um, privilege to enjoy fellowship with God and Jesus through the Holy Ghost. Now we can have fellowship with God and the Holy Ghost. We can have fellowship, consistent fellowship, consistent fellowship, consistent fellowship with God. Now, eligible for infilling of the Holy Ghost. Anybody that is born again can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Anybody that is born again can speak in tongues and should speak in tongues. 
I've seen doctrine where they say it's not everybody that's supposed to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a gift of the spirit. Actually, speaking in tongues is actually not a gift of the spirit. Speaking in tongues is an evidence of infilling of the Holy Ghost. Infilling of this, um, speaking in tongues is an evidence of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's not the gift. Gift of the Spirit is diverse tongues and interpretation of tongues. We need to put that separation there. Anybody that is born again should speak in tongues. Now, new destination after death. Anybody that is born again and remains born again we will go to heaven. Now, you cannot get to heaven if it not work with God. That's a different story entirely. In that question and answer session, we actually dealt with that issue. That if, if you get born again, why does it, why do you still to work with God after you make heaven? There's making heaven and there's making heaven. Someone that has spent his whole life working with God, you now say you want to be in the same place where he is in heaven. No, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But you will still make heaven. At least you will enter heaven. Praise God. Eligible for infilling of the Holy Ghost. And um, now to be followed by signs in the name of Jesus. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. They shall speak in tongues. They shall pick up deadly things and by, by enemies, not enemies, hurt them. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, when I'm saying pick up deadly things, I know hurt them. It doesn't mean that you now go and carry poison and say, because nothing will hurt you, you now go and intentionally go and carry poison and drink it. Don't try it. What is just saying that if somebody picks up deadly thing, it's under the covering of God and do not harm them. You don't now go and put God to test and say, hey, only go say that nothing will harm me. I'm seeing poison now. I will drink it. You watch me, nothing will happen to me. You now swallow poison. No, no, no. You don't put your God to test. Don't go and do that. To prove a point. I remember when COVID just came. People are funny. I remember up COVID one day. One guy wanted to prove that he has faith. Anybody that has COVID, you will go and help them and give them a shake. This guy caught COVID. That's, that was total indiscipline. Don't go and shake people that because of COVID, you say you're not teaching about enemies. You're not deliberately going to start shaking people that have COVID, hugging people that have COVID, visiting them in the house. And, no, 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 no. That's not it. You, you have to be very wise. He said, nothing shall by any means or to just mean you're not going to put it to test. We have to be very, very wise. Praise God. Uh, now, to be followed by signs and what you are saying. Freedom from spiritual death and lordship of Satan and evil spirit, including family covenant and inheritance, inherited causes. Praise God. Praise God. Now, this one, we need to be very... Because, you know, we can see some family trend in our family, like me now. There's a family trend that is in my family right now that after new birth, just milk up the word. Milk up the word, broke it through. I was still talking to Pastor Jeff like two, two years ago that, ah, man, uh, there's this family thing that I had and I can just realize the fact that, man, this thing is not even there. Do you get what I'm saying? New birth will break family covenants. Now, because, now I'm saying this now, so that even if you are seeing those traits in your life, you don't agree to it. Because as far as God is concerned, that covenant has been broken. You just need to enforce your authority in Jesus Christ. Because you know Satan is rebellious. God, Jesus, God, know, he knows that that thing has been broken, but he still wants to come and paint the image in your eyes. No, don't accept it. You have authority over that thing. No matter the family trend, maybe they call it familiar spirit, all those things, you take over it. 
Even if Satan is painting that picture over your eyes, because you are born again, you take charge of your life and you tell God that this thing that is happening in my family is not my own portion because I'm a new, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. So when you are saying, when somebody is saying that it's because in my family, we are like this. So the thing is just affecting me. It's because we don't know who we are in Christ and we don't know we are a new creation yet. So we don't just accept anything that is playing out in our life and say that in our family, that is how we are. I was talking to somebody one day. He gets angry in here. He said, in my family, if you know my father, the way my father gets angry, yeah, he's even taking pride out of it. That in my family, we get angry a lot. No, 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 no. If anger should not be something that you are proud of and say, because in your family, people get angry. You are a new creation. Anger is not supposed to take over you. Even if you, your family, everybody gets angry. Because you are a new creation, anger should not take over you. So we have been broken free from the lordship of Satan, evil spirit, including family covenants and inherited causes. Any cause that has been inherited, the day you got born again was broken. The day you got born again, it was broken. And we need to understand that every cause has been broken. Praise God. Now, qualified to access and enjoy forgiveness of sin. Like I said in the beginning, that Eminem can enjoy forgiveness. Forgiveness has been made available for everybody. Any man that sins should ask for forgiveness and believe in the word that the word, when he asks for forgiveness of sin, God will forgive him because it is written in the word that when we confess our sin, it's able to forgive us. Accept it like that and take it like that. Even after you confess your sin and now tell God, I'm sorry, and you still, do, still don't feel forgiven, it doesn't mean that you have not been forgiven. You just need to actually understand and have faith that because you ask for forgiveness, Jesus said he will forgive me, so I have been forgiven. You receive forgiveness by faith. So we need to be very, very understand. We must understand that thing. Now, qualified to access and enjoy the forgiveness of sin, which is not available to one who is not born again. Now, last part, and I'll, I'll be closing with this. Wow, we're able to finish this. Praise God. Praise God. How do how to be born again? I've, I think I've mentioned this before at the beginning. How to be born again? Now, I would like I just want to emphasize again that we don't threaten people to get born again. Don't put fear, don't use fear to threaten people to get born again. It worked in the past. I understand that thing, but I noticed that many people that confess Jesus Christ because of that fear, many times is not always authentic. It is not very authentic. You don't threaten people to get born again. You show them the sacrifice of Jesus. And it is written here. It is good to emphasize that at this junction that being born again is different from repenting. I've mentioned that too. An unbeliever who is dead in his spirit does not need to repent because God won't hear him. So you see someone that is dead cannot repent because he's not even been convicted of a sin in the first place. And he cannot even ask for, he cannot ask, he cannot ask for forgiveness. He cannot repent. He cannot turn from, he, to, to repent means to turn. A man that is not born again cannot turn. He does not have capacity to turn. So he cannot repent. Rather, he should believe with his heart and confess with his mouth the lordship of Jesus. Then he would be saved in his spirit. That's actually what new birth is. A man saved in his spirit is called new birth. And is he believing in the lordship of Jesus? Jesus Christ died for my sin that I might be saved. I confess him as my lord and savior. Confessing him as an Adam is I've come to the point where he can lord me. I want him to lord me. From there, the spirit man 
is quickened so that the Lord can lord that spirit. Some people think that, that you have to confess every sin you have ever sinned to become born again. That is not scriptural. Number one, you can't even remember all the sin you have sinned. All an unbeliever needs to, to be born again is to believe in Jesus and confess his lordship. Repentance is for believers, those who are born again. And we are taught repentance as a doctrine. That's Hebrews chapter 6. Repentance is taught as a doctrine because for you to repent, you must see a lifestyle different from the lifestyle that you are being, you are being, you are living, and now repent from the life you are living. You a life, a lifestyle must be seen first for you to now turn away from the former lifestyle. So that's why repentance has to be taught as a doctrine. It's a doctrine actually. Early in our Christian work, a Christian should be taught about what is sin and what is not sin. In that sense, that's called repentance from dead work and repentance from dead work. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 8, he said, we let us just move forward from repentance from dead work, but we know of, um, what we are, and, and this we will do if time, if, if required. Paul said, he said, this we will do. He did not say that we should not do it, but this we will do if necessary. If we have to do it, we will do it. Do you get what I'm saying? It has to be done. When a man gets born again, if, when a man gets born again, you have to let him understand repentance from dead work. Don't just go and teach the man faith and tell him that you can acquire anything by faith. No, no, no. Let him learn repentance first before you can, you know, pump him with faith. He has to learn repentance. Early in our life, Christian work, to be born again, you need, number one, A, believe that God sent Jesus to die for sinners or for sinners of which you are one of them. You have to accept that we are sinners and Jesus is me that Jesus Christ came to die for. Someone that is born, not born again needs to accept that it's him that Jesus Christ came to die for. Believe that he was crucified on the cross for your sin. Believe that he died and was buried. Believe that he rose from the dead on the third day as the son of God. Confess him as your Lord and Savior and thank him for your salvation. Once this is done, that man is saved. He does not need to feel saved. As long as this is done and done sincerely, and actually means what he says, as long as he means it, he is born again. Once this is done, he is born again. So this is what it means to be born again. How many of us have enjoyed this teaching on new birth? Can we begin to thank God? Can we just begin to thank God? Let's just begin to thank God. Let's begin to thank God for this teaching. You can all just come. If you want to unmute now, you can unmute. It's okay, we are just praying. Can we just begin to thank God for this teaching, for this time of understanding? Mangaribo, <laughs> <laughs> 
Lord, we thank you. We give praise to your name for this time of learning. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. All glory be to you, Lord. Father, we just say thank you because you have taught us. This teaching will not pass through, will not just flow through our head, it will be established in our soul in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We can put it to use. When Satan comes with temptation, this word will be available for us to actually use against his wiles in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Jesus' name, we are praying. I don't know if Pastor Jeff wants to say anything or Pastor Cecil or Pastor Bukumi before I actually end this meeting. Praise God. If there's nothing yet, thank you very much for calling in. God bless you. Everybody. Pastor, you are calling my name. Sorry, I'm driving. That's a... I said, I don't know if you have anything to say or anything. because I'm uh, No, 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 Pastor. He's all well said, sir. Thank you, uh, Pastor. Thank you. thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you for blessing us, Pastor. Ah, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yes, all right. sir. All right. I love you all. God bless you. <laughs>